The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I'm grimacing because it was such an opportunity. Possession-wise, I thought they were good, but they didn't have the cutting edge and they don't have Sam Kerr. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. We can talk about the Joe Schmidt versus Andy Farrell thing a little bit later on in the show, but it certainly feels to me like there's no way that we will be playing the rugby that we are now if Joe Schmidt was still there mm. and that um, we needed Andy Farrell. We absolutely needed Andy Farrell. And I also, I don't buy that it was just a linear thing because if it was just linear, he, he's just... He was just building on immediately what Schmidt had done. Then why did it take a year and a half for everything to click for them? I think that he is his own man, and they are their, this is their own thing. And they had to go back to to the very start to allow players like Andrew Porter to reach his full potential. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Porter a little bit later on as well. So I don't know. We we didn't know we needed Farrell was a thing at the time, right? Like we definitely his, the current history is not reflecting extremely warmly on Schmidt. They're like, okay, people kind of forget the success that he brought. I mean, look what he did with Leinster. You know, like all this stuff that has happened under the Joe Schmidt era, it's been slightly sort of um, washed in a slightly different colour, let's say. Well, I, I think that um, I think that the hagiography and the mythology around Joe Schmidt got too high. Like, mm. uh, he came into a Leinster side that had already won a European Cup under Michael Cechi. He came into an Ireland side that had already won a Grand Slam under Declan Kidney and reached new levels with those teams. But he isn't the, the, the starter of that story and he's not the end of that story. Whereas actually, at the time, if you were to read, like, the the stuff was like, oh, this is absolutely incredible. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. He is He's a genius. And he obviously is a coaching genius, but I'm not sure that necessarily he created the environment that the uh, team has now where they're all able to get better and they all feel like they're, um, you know, like it was a very small squad. No one ever kind of came in and seemed to get particularly better when they reached the Ireland setup. the way that, like, you can point to several players who were subs in, at their club team who, like Gibson Park, for example. Like, the transformation of Gibson Park into one of the best scrum halves in the world. Like, he wasn't getting, he's not first choice for Leinster. And then they're like, yeah. you're going to come in and you're going to join our team and you can do something that we see. Like that, I... Uh, Maybe I'm wrong and maybe somebody's going to point out examples where Schmidt was able to do that and, and pick players. But it, it um, anyway, look, everybody knows the difference in the, in the style and the approach at this stage. And, and, and I don't mean to diminish the career that Schmidt had, but like we got beaten in a World Cup by Argentina in a quarterfinal. We got beaten by Japan and the All Blacks in another World Cup. And um, so his record's not that much better than Kidneys as an extra couple of um, championships in there. But it's not like it's a complete outlier and then Andy Farrell is this kind of step down. It's actually, you'd have to say, we're building. Like yeah. Farrell is now ascending to a higher height. And the big test is the World Cup. If we go out in the group stages in the World Cup, then it's just the same as everything else. So I find it interesting that Farrell must have been... So like Farrell, the uh, the all infamous, the mood in the camp, Ger, the mood in the camp, our old friend, the mood in the camp. Um, you better explain to people why you hate that. The mood in the camp is just like, if, you know, people in... Uh, what is the mood in the camp? Journalism school 101 needs to be when you find yourself at a press conference or in some sort of an interview with a sports person, don't ask them how the mood in the camp is. I mean, unless there's been like big reports that the mood in the camp is not good, which it seems like in a nice segue that in um, Schmidt's time it wasn't all that great. But in the Farrell era, it does appear as if like he must have been sitting there for the four or five years under Schmidt going, Oh, this, I, if I was to get, I must do this differently, right? Like, cause it's, there, there's a different philosophical approach here in terms of the style of play and the mood, our old friend, the mood in the camp. 
Has, you know. has this uh, has this perhaps made you revisit your uh, hatred of the question when actually if if they would actually tell you the truth well do you know what we feel a little bit constrained we feel like we're under pressure the whole time whereas these lads are like actually uh, Andy Farrell knows the name of my kids do, do you know yeah, not that but, Schmidt didn't but like you know yeah, he seems a, to the, the question specifically is like a bland question that yeah. always deserves a bland answer and specifically came up at a press conference with a uh, an Ireland player some years ago where there was an interesting line of questioning about um doping in, in sport and it was getting very interesting and one person in the uh, room was not all that interested in the way the question was going and said oh, X whatever about that how's the mood in the camp to <laughs> which pretty good with like <laughs> a, a half a vein of journalism in the room just exhaled and uh, packed up their laptop is your disdain for it because there's so little you can do with that question it's just it's a nonsense question but who's going to tell you the truth the mood in the camp. It's We're like all pissed it's, off at each other. You're probably hoping for that one percent chance that uh, the body language betrays the words. But then, yeah, not with that question. And also, I mean, as far as I know, you were working in radio at the time, so the body language thing isn't <laughs> isn't is non-transmissible. Yeah. Then I've got nothing for you because there, you're not going to say anything. Prophylactic on the body. That feels to me since Saturday, particularly that the the Joe Schmidt has been uh, torn up, isn't it? And you know. God, that wasn't that great at all. I and it really I, ruined us. I actually think it's the opposite. Which is crazy. I think, well, it's not, it's, I, I mean, the, the truth is obviously in between, right? The truth is that we underperformed at the key moments and potentially because of some blind spots that the head coach had. Yeah. You'd have to say that the, the, the squad, the talent of the squad that went to the World Cup uh, four years ago was, was excellent and should have done better than it did. But, but we failed to beat... A Japan side who were good, but we hadn't done we hadn't done enough work. It does feel we hadn't considered no, them as a potential uh, team that was going to beat us, and that's on the head coach. But it feels that even as I'm saying, let's ask couple of days that because of the World Cup in 2019, it that tarnished everything that happened before that. But like you forget that Schmidt under this, you know, Jacob Stockdale inspired night against New Zealand and the 2018 Six Nations, and he was on the late show, and people were saying this is like Joe Schmidt's the best yeah. sports coach in Irish sporting history, and we're here we are five years later being like. Oh, that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a damn era, wasn't it? And but now was we that, actually have a proper manager in place. Was was that That's correct? What it feels like was it correct that he was the best uh, at, at the time, time? It probably was. No, it wasn't though. Is my point? <laughs> like, well, well, he was achieving. He had achieved things uh, with Leinster in Ireland that no other coach, mostly, um, was achieving. That was the thing. And like the quality of rugby, we were willing to forgive the. It was like an anti Stephen Kenny move. We were like willing to forgive the. Uh, we weren't really overly aware, but the the quality of the play was obviously not particularly good. But I think, like, in terms of, you know, we talk about the sort of changing of a narrative of a head coach like that. So you have all the little bits of stories that start to come out, like, you know, so you remember the Scotland thing from, what year was that, 2017, whatever year it was, when we went over there and the bus got a little bit delayed going to the stadium and everybody was up in arms about it. And then you had... Like, was it Jack Conan out after the Scotland game this year? And we were saying, you know, if no matter what happens, if we have to get off the bus just before the whistle goes, then we'll be prepared to do that. So you've this, that helps feed a changing narrative of, you know, that was fine, that was grand, and that was of its time. Yeah. But I mean, this stuff now, this, this is where it's at. Uh, yeah, and so you you think that's managed or or not true? Because it feels to me like that. that oh no, that I, do, is, I think it's totally true. And I think that's the that's the point here is that like it was an incorrect analysis at the point that he's the greatest coach of all time. I'm not diminishing he did well, but uh, but certainly we can retrospectively go there were issues there. Um, yeah, but like now, the, no, the level of control that he sought and brought into the team yeah. worked to a point, but then stopped working, and that's like that's not like post fact. Um, that's not just post fact rationalization. That's like 
we can diagnose that now and what we're seeing is we hope and here's the thing this team might go out in the quarterfinals but if they die with their boots on in a game where they've actually lived up to their potential and the opposition is world class that's completely different from going out against New Zealand the last time where it was over by 20 minutes in and we shouldn't even have been in that game because we should have beaten Japan in the first place and taken the alternative route to the semi-final um, Oh it could totally go like belly up for us in France there's no question about it and I mean I do, it's, it is an interesting point will we at that point go well we had the Grand Slam and things are developing and we were very unlucky because some of the key pin players got injured and you know even with the extended uh, squad uh, and the development we had this year we've got the worst draw we've ever had against us. so yeah exactly so there's a ready made narrative is what I'm saying yeah. if uh, things go to pot yeah. but I mean I'd still be I'd still need to take to the bed for I actually months. and I would disagree with you Colm I think that um, there's been a lot of people saying that this is Joe Schmidt's team and Andy Farrell just just tweaked a few little things and uh, I've, that's what I've basically taken from the coverage that I've seen and I think that's wrong I think that actually there's a, a clear delineation and demarcation rather between uh, what we're doing now and what we did then and I see much more room for growth in this team than I did at that stage anyway yeah, well, I feel a lot of the coverage has been that um I mean, Joe Schmidt was really a control freak and it didn't help the individualism of any players or any creativity. And a bit like Pep Guardiola at his worst with Manchester City and Andy Farrell is, you know, he allows players to be himself. So the Mac Hansen example, would Schmidt have allowed Hansen back on media duty after his comments about England? Who knows? Maybe. That's probably overblown as well in itself. But there is a kind of revisionism, I feel, about Schmidt during the Six Nations. I would say the exact opposite to you, Jared, that it feels like if you didn't watch Schmidt's Ireland, you would say, who was this schmuck almost? Because but, of what sorry, hang on a second. And, and, and are you saying the analysis that you started that, that, that bit there is wrong? What do you mean? You said, you, you used the word control freak. Do you think that that's wrong? Yeah, because I think but is it you have exactly to go back to 2018 and the, what he achieved with that side. And like Jerry Thorley made the point last night in Monday Night Rugby, and you could disagree with this, that Schmidt essentially you know, taught Ireland how to win. Or Sorry, I think Thorley was quoting. <laughs> And, and there, to an extent, that was true because the New Zealand. We not win a Grand Slam. Did they imagine Ron Nagara kicking a drop goal to win a Grand Slam, like a Grand Slam, which yeah. which happened before? Do you know what I mean? Like they, this is like history starting in 1992 for football. It didn't. Like it's a continuum. But I think you have to separate I, the results, which were exceptional, mostly uh, from the style of play and the way we found our way playing that style of play because there was definitely I mean um, there was a lot there was phraseology around the the camp that was used about like how stringent a camp a tighter camp he was running yeah. it didn't feel like particularly I, I don't is this important but it didn't feel like it was a particularly fun place to be for the players but that's it, the, not in the pit of your stomach driving down Carton House yeah. that, that story has come out in recent weeks like I, I guess I, I don't know what you're saying Colin. I don't know uh, people, people remember how you made them feel and it feels like with the Andy Farrell era that everyone's having a much better time so look I'll put it to you like this say the World Cup's a disaster again and it's another quarter final exit well, I wonder what the if it's what the reaction is going to be yeah, to Farrell. Uh, yeah, look, okay. and there'll, be a, there'll be a massive backlash. There, of course, massive. there will be a massive backlash. But do, do, are you saying you don't think he was a control freak? Uh, I don't think he was a control freak in terms of a negative impact for the vast majority of his squad. Or sorry, his time with Ireland, because you look at the success just before that World Cup, or just before the 2019 Six Nations, that first game against England in Dublin, where England came to down and won. By 13 points. I think up to that point, everything that Schmidt was putting in place was a structure that was a winning formula. And for me, the interesting change in the analysis of it was he was probably doing the exact same thing and then that turned into a negative. And it was because of the results. 
So the narrative completely changed as a result because of the results. And it was then it was introspection about, oh, maybe the fact that he does, doesn't allow his players to think creatively is actually a negative. Even though what the previous examples we've seen is that that formula worked brilliantly for this Irish side. And I think that's slightly unfair. It didn't work brilliantly, though. It worked to a certain, it worked to a certain point and then stopped working. Well, what are you saying in you know, 20, the, the peak of the success... But the, the peak of the success of was a. Yeah, well, he didn't build enough depth ahead of the World Cup where we end up being beaten by Argentina. I've definitely heard people who know way more about rugby than me say Argentina were going to win that game anyway because they're attacking with outside. I know Brian O'Driscoll said that um, Payne was injured and so therefore the defence out wide would have been better if he'd been playing. I like it's, we, I'd love if AI could play that game where we have our full team and we model it out and a million times we play the game we see how many times mm. that Argentina team win us. Uh, win that game and who knows what would have happened after that but um, there was no strength and depth that they hadn't been and then they spent the next couple of years trying to build some strength and depth and then at the last minutes they're like okay we don't have any and Joey Carberry plays through injury and then is unavailable for the game against Japan and like um, yeah like I, I, the other thing is that when when a camp is as tight as that one was remember the teams, the teams wouldn't be um, released to the, the press. There was an investigation at one stage because a team had got out. I don't know, if, like somebody had told their mum that they were in the team, and the mum had told somebody, and then all of a sudden, this is a massive. There was an incident with a with a, a room key card that became a big deal because somebody had been found. Uh, one had been found had lost their key, yeah. and it was like a bad attention to detail. Like all of the stories, these like this isn't post fact. This uh, this you were hearing these stories. You're talking about the the parody that was going around about the camp mm. like but i think so so it's i don't think it's in question that there was a controlled it was a controlled environment but i think schmidt was doing that very deliberately he didn't wander into that it wasn't against his personality this was absolutely by design he went in and he looked at the, some of his parts and he thought this is the way i need to play it and i mean even listen to it might have been donald lennon on the tv last night talking about how andy farrell uh, devolves the power base even within his own team in terms of Mike Cat and Simon Easterby and Paul O'Connell that he's saying to them on a Monday here all this went wrong at the weekend what are you going to do about it whereas like I don't think and the evidence nearly come full circle to the point I made earlier on about Farrell like um, the evidence of what was going on previously wasn't that it was like it was like a mad genius in the tower. Sort exactly. Of like I sat up all night coming up with these three plays. If we do these three plays, we're yeah. going to win the game. And they do do those three plays and they do win the game. But then eventually, like over a period of time, that wears off. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.